you guys sat me down in one of the kitchen chairs. I was crying. I was like, I don't want to go. And you and mom, I remember, were like tag teaming the conversation mm-hmm. of how important it was that I not quit. Welcome to the Relational Parenting Podcast. I'm Jennifer Hayes, a parent coach and 20-year child care veteran. Each week, I sit down with my own father, Rick Hayes, and discuss the complicated issues that parents face today, as well as some of the oldest questions in the book. From the latest research and the framework of my relational parenting method, we offer thought-provoking solutions to your deepest parenting struggles. Added bonuses include intergenerational wounding discussions and guest childcare experts. We will also start taking your parenting questions in episode five. So be sure to comment with your biggest questions or email me directly at Jenny at JennyB.co. Let's get started. <sighs> There's a great beginning. Welcome. Don't do that. <laughs> Welcome. <laughs> To Sunday night. Namaste. <laughs> and that's it. That's the episode. <laughs> yep, a giant yep. yawn. Oh, God. Repeat 100 times. Well, I was going to say this before we start re- started recording, and then I was like, no, this will be more fun to acknowledge on the podcast. But last week, um, last Friday. So today it's Sunday night. Now, last Friday, two days ago was a solar moon or Jesus, a full moon eclipse in Scorpio. Uh During that happens during Mercury retrograde. Oh my God. I can't even write all that. write that down. Full moon eclipse in Scorpio during a what retrograde? Mercury retrograde. I did get most of it. Okay. All right. What's that mean, sweetheart? So full moon energy is pretty well widely understood. It's the full moon. Um, You know, anyone who works at schools or hospitals understands that everything goes nuts under a full moon. Um, Or if you have children. um, I dated a nurse once. She said that to me, too. Uh, We, let's see, a full moon uh an eclipse so eclipse season started a few weeks ago um and it's basically just you know the sun and the moon start to pass each other more often during the spring and summer and so it's called eclipse oh, season I didn't know and that. Okay. so there's partial eclipses you know every few weeks or every couple of months and eclipses are like big uh like big like like fast winds of change blowing through, destroying what needs destroyed to make way for what needs to come. Energy changes in the universe. Okay. Yeah. So there's, so full moon eclipse energy in Scorpio. So that means the moon is currently sitting in the sky where in line with Scorpio, the constellation, Right. Um, in the segment and, of the sky, the sector of the sky. Yeah. Um, and so, and Scorpio is a water sign. So Scorpio, Cancer, and Pisces are all three water signs. I hope, I hope you're all into this. <laughs> Did you learn this in college? Did I send you to college for this? Or was um, this post-college? 
This is post-college. So Scorpio, Cancer, and Pisces are all water signs. There's earth signs, water signs, fire signs, um, and air signs, the four elements. So the three water signs, Cancer, Pisces, and Scorpio, and I always joke Pisces is like like the sad, watery girl, like think moaning Myrtle in Harry Potter's bathroom. Okay. 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 Um, very emotional, very like into, but also very like in tune with their emotions, with the energies around them, like really capable of reading people and things and whatever. Cancer, like myself, we kind we're kind of like the middle water sign between Pisces and Scorpio. Um, we're, we're highly emotional, highly emotionally attuned. Um, we can be like, we can succumb to our emotions, um, if we aren't careful. And, um, but we also tend to be like healers, healers and mothers and, uh, like home is important, you know, like the people and our connectedness and our tribe, like we're connectors, um, and we're caretakers, um, and then Scorpios are like, they're like, they're like, if the water was a tidal wave, like if the emotions, if the water of the sign was a tidal wave, they're like, they're like, here's my emotions and everybody's <laughs> going to fucking deal with them. And I don't care what the outcome is. Unbridled. Unless, of course, they've become aware of these tendencies and they've, you know, reeled it in and worked with their energies and all of that. Um, Scorpio can t- t- Scorpios are also like the most passionate of the signs, like across go. the board. I used to like exclusively want to date Scorpios because they were just so passionate about everything. But they're all then they're also like super passionate about you. So it's like. You know, that was like a 70s great. thing. What's your sign? What's your sign? So there's a thing. That's a dating strategy. Yeah. So sorry if you guys aren't into this stuff. Too bad. I am. Um, and if you are, <laughs> great. You're in the right place. It won't be a topic constantly, but this last week was a doozy. Ask anyone in the astrology, anything, whatever. And so I, I am aware of these things and I like, I have like an interest in them, but I don't like read ahead and I don't read charts and I don't like, I'm not like seeking it out on purpose and then planning my life accordingly. It's more like like, weather, like a weather thing. Yeah. It's like, Oh, I noticed that it's cloudy today. Thunderstorm. It's spring. So we're going to have that kind of spring weather. Yeah. And it's so it's like, so like at the beginning of last week, I was like, Oh, the full moon's on Friday. Maybe I'll do, you know, a card reading for myself kind of thing. And then, and then throughout the week, you know, I saw a post from somebody I follow and they're like the, there's an eclipse on Friday with the full moon. Like, And it's in Scorpio. And I was like, okay, good thing to be aware of. Just like, I kind of like plan to wake up on Friday and just like check my emotions, make sure I'm not having undue reactions to things, et cetera. Mindfulness exercise. Yeah, just a a mindful, whatever. Um, And then I had completely forgotten that it it was Mercury retrograde right now because retrogrades can last weeks. Um, so anyway, going through the week and what you and I 
you know, talked about before we hit record, like, you know, Lewis and I were, we were tiffing and then got into it on Friday and like literally everything business wise last week, all the things that I had like put into place workshops that were planned, like contracts going out, et cetera. All of it just like went up in flames and not like it's not going to happen flames, but just like literally everything I planned yeah. now has to be replanned and redated and moved and changed and switched and changed and evolved. Didn't like evaporate. Literally, it was just scattered. Yeah. It was like okay. someone came in and took a sledgehammer to my life and was like, okay, now do it again, but better. That's right. That's right. <laughs> like not, what? Not bad. I'm smart not bad. on that. <laughs> Let's let's do that do that again. You need like, to okay, I like it, I like it, I like it, but bam, 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 bam. Yeah. Do it again and make it better this time. Yeah, yeah. Excuse like, me. And I looked around and I had a phone call with my friend Jess, who she and I are like we're kind of at the same place in our businesses right now, and so we've yeah. um, set up uh, three phone calls a week, Monday, Wednesdays, and Fridays to like check in and talk about our to-do list and like keep each other accountable. And on Friday I had my call with her and I also, my period started three days late that (laughs) week. (laughs) Too much information. Every girls get periods. Everybody knows that. I know. Get over it. Um, but I, it was supposed to start on Monday and it didn't start until Thursday and so that had me thrown off because I'm pretty, I'm pretty much like clockwork and yeah. And then everything else just like fell apart. And, oh, that was the other thing. I plan around my cycle because I know the first couple of days of my cycle, I'm, I'm a useless, like I'm exhausted. Everything hurts. I can't think straight. And I'm just like, yeah. those two days are kind of my, like, maybe I'll send a couple email days, but like, otherwise... Yeah. If you know don't you're going to run a much. marathon at the end of the month, just don't plan anything for a day or two after that. Right. So everything <laughs> was planned to give me Monday through Wednesday easy days. And then she didn't show up till Thursday. And I had a like Thursday through to today was all like getting the garden in the ground. And I had like, I had like four phone calls and meetings and like all of these different things, like heavy plans. And I literally, everything just got washed away. Everything just, mm. and, and it wasn't just me. It was other people's businesses being like, we have to switch this and we have to do that. We have, and this gets washed away and this gets canceled and all like literally the entire week. It's like, it just got sucked out into the tide. Like Such it just didn't even happen. Such is life. That's what makes people good managers. One of the traits of good management or just life management is dealing with turmoil, dealing with the, you know, it's good practice. You know, it's yeah. aggravating, it's annoying, but Ooh. being able to handle that to some degree, that's uh, that's kind of a defining characteristic of uh, living a happy life, I think. Well, I'm, I'm glad I said something because actually that sledgehammer to the metaphor of taking a sledgehammer to like a project and being like, good, but you can do better is actually yeah. giving me a little bit of hope because I've been very like, oh man, like it's just all, I just have to do all of it over again. And now it's like, okay, but do better. I'm like, it makes me feel purposeful yeah. in it, yeah. the destruction, I guess. Yeah. 
Well, you never so. know. You're going down the road and you get uh, you get held up by something, and by virtue of being five seconds later to the next intersection, you avoid getting run over by a semi right. or something. You know, yeah. it's like yeah, maybe maybe the universe talking to you. Who knows? Exactly. But I wanted. I just wanted. I had to. I wanted to jump in that to that because I just wanted to check on everyone else. And make sure everyone else is okay. Is everyone okay? Are your children okay? Are you okay? Send us your stories. If like, you have stories from uh, early from May, late April, week. you know, yeah. If you have a child whose sun or moon is in Scorpio, please call me. <laughs> <laughs> we'll get through it together. There's a whole new market there, right? Astrological parenting. So, yeah. No, it's funny. You know, the universe does stuff. And it has uh, the way all the elephants headed uphill before the tsunami in Indonesia uh, tsunami. a few years ago. You know, there That's are what a forces. Scorpio is, not a tidal wave. A tsunami. Oh, okay. I couldn't think and of that are, word, so I said tidal There are wave. forces at work on us that no one understands. Yeah. You know, you can be as scientific as you want, but it's not well-defined yet. Well, and, you know, that actually kind of almost perfectly leads us into our topic for today, um, which, of course, like everything else, was put together last minute in a moment of inspiration. I'm just letting it be that now. I'm I'm done feeling bad about that. I'm just like, there are no notes. I came across this thing that inspired me this week, and we haven't talked about it yet, and so this is what we're going to do this week. Um, It's called Going with the Flow. Even when there is a plan, sometimes we change the plan at the last minute. A better idea comes up in the moment. Yeah. So, um, let's see. Building resilience in children. uh, Mm -hmm. Getting outside of comfort zones. um, And we talk a lot about how to be emotionally intelligent with our children, how to use connection, how to validate emotions and help kids work through hard emotions and all mm-hmm. those things. And we how to regulate. Yeah. Regulation. We, we do a lot of focusing on that because that is a, a huge piece that will alter everything inside of your parenting. And, and it's a very difficult skill um, that a lot of people don't, come by naturally. And so we spend a lot of time on that, but, um, I watched a snippet of an interview with, um, Drew Barrymore and Michelle Obama and, uh, Michelle talked about her mom sending her out when she was five years old to walk to school, you know, down the street. And, uh, And then she went on to talk and let's see, she, when she was five and she had the thought like, are you crazy? I am a five-year-old little kid. They lived lived near, they lived, yeah, they lived near her school and her mom was very consciously building her, uh, uh, getting her out of her comfort zones, getting her to master things and it was a safe environment and you know, yeah. nice enough neighborhood. And she said, Hey, you can, you can walk to school. And it mm-hmm. surprised her daughter being 
given surprised Michelle at that age to the, like, are you crazy? You know, mm-hmm. I'm just, I've never, never done that before. And yeah. And it's like, and then she, then she was very proud of it. You know, she yeah. did it and, and it was, it was making sure that's how we teach people. Um, what a, confidence, competence, you know, you got to, you have to accomplish mm-hmm. things to feel proud for proud of yourself. And so feeding, you know, her mom feeding her something she could handle new outside the comfort zone was, uh, was something that stuck with her till now, you know? Right. Yeah. And get, so get, so, you know, pushing, pushing kids outside their comfort zone. Um, and that includes, that that's not just like making them walk to school by themselves or pushing them down the water slide or, you know, it's not about forcing your kid into something that they're not ready for. Um, and it's not just about the things that they do. It's not just about trying new things or scary things. It's about like the work of the parent is to balance protection and experience. Like you don't want to overprotect your child from experiencing hard things. So that includes feeling hard things, trying hard things, letting your kid fail and still pushing them. You know, I like to tell parents like if like you can tell your kid is interested, you can tell that they're capable because you've been paying attention and you've been watching what they're capable of and then pushing them like one step ahead of what they're maybe like totally ready for. And it's more of an encouragement um, and like, yeah, it's going to be hard and I'm right here. It's okay. Do it. You can do it. I believe in you. Yeah. Kind of the opposite of, uh, of the helicopter parenting or overprotectiveness thing. It's like, yeah, I want you to, fail in a, or, or attempt this in a controlled environment, you know, yeah, fail early, teach you to teach you to swim, but I've got to or ride a bike, but I've got you, you know, you're not going to die from yeah. this. You might get a skin knee. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. That's, that's, that's such an essential parenting task. And I think I want to, I want to take credit for all the men in the audience, you know, isn't that kind of a guy role? You know, moms are caring and 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 can do that too. Anybody can do anything, but that's you know challenging kids and teaching them to rough house and take a take a take a bruise like a like a you know like a grown up. That's uh, kind of a traditional male role, I think, or it used to be. Yes, but we're breaking that down now. There you go. I it's a new generation. <laughs> <laughs> and there's so many more single parents where it's good to keep in mind, you know, that not get trapped by the gender. Well, and there's, I think that there's risk, like risk tends to be a masculine energy. Um, so, Hmm. so I, there's, so many ways this could go saying, isn't that a male role or isn't that a dad role? And there's single parents and there's, um, lesbian and gay couples. There are yeah, like all kinds of 
transgendered and everything in between fluid gender, all of the things. And I think where people get stuck is that is looking at a person and going they and defining them as one thing. And yeah. we're not going to get into the whole gender, sex, biology versus how I feel. We're not going to get into that. We're not going to argue that on this podcast. Um, but what I do want to say is that in my view, there are masculine and feminine energies and every human on earth has an individual mixture or combination of those energies inside of them. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And that is what determines, can determine how you express yourself, how emotionally engaged you are, what a big risk taker you might be. Like, are you an outputter or are you a receiver? Are you a you know, and so there's, and, and everyone has, everyone has masculine and feminine energies living inside of them. And to the degree that they are developed to the, you okay? Yep. Yep. You got a okay. whiff of dust or something. Go on. Didn't mean no. to break you up there. That's fine. Um, so to the degree that those things are expressed is to the degree that they are nurtured. Um, and sometimes that nurture can be more forceful, um, by parents who try to like shape their children into someone they want them to be versus allowing them to be who they are. Um, and there can also be like a lack of nurturing of either energy if we're, you know, uh, complacent parenting, lack of engagement parenting, Etc. those energies can run rampant with no container or sense of like the world around them, rules, structure, you know, the energies can just fly everywhere and you switch back and forth and you've been, they, all the things, but yeah. with masculine and feminine energies, depending on what balance of those that you have inside of you, where you're at in your own life, etc. cetera, you, you know, men and women can be, different kinds of parents. Like I tend to be a bigger risk taker in my, in my relationship. I'm a bigger risk taker. Um, I like to go with the flow of things. I like to try things that are scary and exciting and like, like I'll go jump out of a plane, but Lewis won't. <laughs> He's not interested That's in that. That's <laughs> um, but maybe like getting down on the ground. I mean, I don't know. I, I've, I've also taken care of kids for 20 years. So I get down on the ground and wrestle. I, I'm also like the nurturer and I'll cook the meal and kiss the boo-boo. And so I think you're that the, uh, you're the do it, do it all woman, right? Is that the, 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 well, that my the argument is that I think a lot of people are, I don't think that there are two separately defined roles in any household. I think they mish and match and different parents are in different moods and capable of different energetic energetics on different days. And like there are days where I am less emotionally capable and Lewis is more emotionally capable. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. More Usually when I'm on my period, I'm like, don't talk to me. Don't touch me. Yeah. Just feed me and leave me alone. <laughs> and he's the one that's like, holding the emotional container for everybody. <laughs> there you go. Or if you're, or if, uh, you know, he's got a, he's got an emotionally demanding job in a hospital and, mm -hmm. and so, or, a, you know, policemen, there are people who have, you know, work that's just more intense. That's hard to deal with all by itself, let alone, yeah. Oh, I, Oh yeah. There's another person in my life 
to take care of too. Yeah. You know, as well as myself, and you know, it's kind of it's shades shades of gray. You know, there's not yeah. the, you get all these generalities, and then we have to pull back and go, yeah, but there's a thousand shades of fifty shades of gray between here and there on how many traits, how many you know personality aspects that goes into into gender and that and that sort of thing. I need to study up on that. I'm kind of behind and I'm curious about the whole the whole multi uh, identification the fluidity of identification now thing. And maybe um, I just said that we're not going to talk about that on this podcast, but that no, I that I am not opposed <laughs> I mean I'm not opposed to doing an episode discussing that that um and i I will to feel more competent myself yeah you might need to do a little research before we come to the table for that but there is my opinion on that used to be very wishy-washy because because i didn't know enough and because i hadn't thought about Mm -hmm. it enough um until it became a, a big issue in the yeah. recent couple of years. And, months, but yeah. I now have a, I have a, I'm very confident in where I stand on, um, on things and, and it's, and yeah, but that's for a different episode, but so whichever parent it is, it, it can and, or could be either parent, either gender, whatever it is. Um, parents developing the, all of these skills, it doesn't need to be broken down and well, the dad's going to be responsible for these six skills and mom's going to be responsible for these. Like each parent should equally be trying to develop these skills and inside of your particular relationship, there might be, you might identify like this person is really great at these things. And this person tends to be really good at these and things. So we're a team yeah. and we work together and we counsel each other, you know, appropriately when my strength is this, it's like, all right, well, let me lead here. You know, when, when it's this, let me lead over here. Um, and it doesn't, the gender yeah. of parent is kind of irrelevant. Well, or it's just one among a a whole bunch of, you know, uh, skills or things that people bring to a relationship. You know, well, somebody loves to cook, somebody hates to cook. Well, okay, you get to do more of the cooking, you know, uh, whatever your whatever your uh, preferences are. That's part of working out the relationship. So and I and that could definitely extend to to play and gender and and uh you know traditional tradition things that are traditional that's that's kind of the name of the game is well let's not get stuck in traditional roles too much let's adapt to one another you know this current situation at hand with the current people at hand yes yeah so so feel so let's see let's start with we touched on the encouraging kids to try new things, encouraging, you know, and, and there's a level of like, you really need to know your kid, what they're capable of already and what they're ready for, like what's the next step. So 
taking a three or four or five or six year old up and expecting them to want to go down a 50 foot water slide. Um, and they're screaming in fear, not wanting to do it. That is not the time to push them down the water slide. That's not because, when you throw them down the water slide head first. Huh? Because you're going to teach them not to trust you. Yeah. When you are really serious about saying no. Now, taking them up the water slide. Oh, okay. We don't have to go down the water slide. Nope. Do you want to climb the stairs and go and go look at the water slide from the top? There you go. And maybe that's step one. That's pushing them out, right? Uh, maybe they want to ride down on your lap. That might be step one outside of the comfort zone. That's right. Um, I'm here with you. Yeah, I'm yeah but the, around but you. Like a three or five-year-old, it it's probably the first time they're seeing a giant water slide, and then you expect them to go down it. Yeah. Like that's six steps. Good experiment, too. <laughs> if they don't want to go up, if they don't even want to go up to the top, I mean, they can just not want to go up, but also maybe they don't trust you because they're afraid you're going to throw them off in the past. Yeah. They're afraid you're going to throw them yep. down the water slide and you're, you're going to throw me down there. there yep. And they've gotten too sophisticated for that. So then you got to kind of check your, then you got to check your approach and work on building trust. Right. <laughs> That's a clue. <laughs> yep. So, so I bet. If I could get on the phone with Michelle Obama and ask her some questions, I Ooh, bet. There's an idea. Let's call right? her I bet that her mom drove her to that school for a year or two before. And I bet her mom and her multiple times talked about the directions to the school. Mm -hmm. I bet. They went on walks multiple times and talked about how to safely cross a street and check for cars and stop when the sidewalk stops. And I bet her mom spent two, three, four years because I, I mean, I start walking kids when they're babies in strollers. So maybe yep. five full years of walking, navigating sidewalks and streets, making safe choices, watching for strangers or creepy people following you Training and, and getting to the school for five years. Yeah. And at minimum one or two before yeah. she sent her daughter out into the road by herself to walk a few blocks to the school. Yeah. So this is not like one day Michelle Obama's mom was like, and walk to kindergarten. Bye. <laughs> that was step Absolutely. 15. Absolutely. So there's, so I just, I want to put that out there because, you know, we're all about the, I'm all about the spectrum, the middle of the spectrum. You're all about the middle of the bell curve. Yeah. I like bell um, curve. Like let's we like yes, push them out of their comfort comfort zone in a reasonable age appropriate manner. <laughs> you have to Couple. give them the skills. You know, you can't throw a kid in the pool and say swim. Give couple them a couple of swim lessons deviations. with your hands on them and then <laughs> let go and let them try. It's right. not about right. drop kicking your child into the world. Well, and that gets you know, that yeah, that gets back to busy parenting. And finding the time to do that, I'm sure we uh, we should we should write a letter to Michelle Obama and get definitive answers to these questions we're speculating right. on. But it's like it's like they and they did it in the name of let's go to the park. Oh, let's walk to the school to 
uh, play today instead of well, if they're that, that close to the school, park. I guarantee they walked to that school. Yeah, yeah. And I so bet they didn't drive. That, you, know, you build it into other activities, so it's not, you know, it's not like Michelle Obama's mother spent all day every day figuring out how to push her kid out of comfort no. zone. Yeah, it's fifteen steps. Very but natural it's, builds. Yeah, it's integral to just going about your business. You know. Yeah. So, so yeah, so pushing them out of their comfort zone and, um, and then if, you know, if we use the bike riding example, if they fall off the bike and scrape their knee, you're there for them. Oh, that hurts. I hate it when I scrape my knee. Ouch. And and let them cry. And when they're done, they'll ask for a bandaid and maybe a kiss. And then we move on. And then we can reference our last episode um, with Yael where she talked about, you know, can I learn how to sit in the storm without trying to fix it or stop it? Yeah. Yeah. So can you be the tree in the wind? Can you be the anchor at the bottom of the ocean and let the waves go by? Yeah. Like, can you let the storm, let the cry, let the hard feelings happen to your child because they're going to have hard feelings and they're either going to have them with your support or they're going to have them alone and secluded by themselves and not know what to do with them. And guidance. Yeah, that was scary falling off the bike, but but we're okay. Is there, you know, is there like, anything you oh. need? You know, that was kind of, we all survived. Yeah. That was a minor thing. Uh, you know, distract, maybe distract a little bit and, you know, try to nudge them towards next attempt, you know, I go, let's try again. Yeah. Yeah. And that, and that teaches like one of the most important, I mean, it teaches resilience and the first time they jump up on the bike and they are successful at it, the the confidence that they're going to feel with that new capability and um, trust in themselves and excitement. Um, and it builds, I just lost the word. Uh, the um, life skill of not quitting just because it, you failed the first time yeah. or Learning. the second time or the eighth time. That's like right. you will learn to ride the bike. You just have to keep going. <laughs> yeah. If you have a goal, you know, if the goal, if there's buy-in that I want to ride a bike, that it doesn't all just happen magically. You ha- and yes, you can overcome a certain amount of anxiety and and fear of the unknown, fear and and that uh, this is how you know you're practicing with them. This is how you do it. You keep at it, and you you know take somebody with you, like a like a grown up that uh, will keep you from anything really bad. You know, someone you trust to do it. Don't try to do it all alone. You know, sometimes yeah. there's value in reaching out to somebody and that uh, having them, them accompany you, getting, finding an expert, you know, uh, all kinds of lessons just in walking to school. Find someone that has your back. Bike, you know, yeah. And that also teaches them what kind of people to look for when they get older. Like, does this friend have my back or are they betraying my trust constantly? Does this partner have my back? You know, like, who are they going to surround themselves with? Like, who your kids surround themselves with when they're older is going to be a direct reflection of you, of what kind of parent you are. 
You start looking um, for relationships and friends with people who know things you don't know. You know, it's good to have a buddy mm-hmm. as a guy. It's good to have a buddy who knows how to, uh, who's a carpenter and an electrician and, a, and an auto mechanic. And, right. you know, like, you don't look for people that are just exactly like you. Look for all kinds of people cause, and, and try to be a person that, you know, other people call. You know, it's like, hey, I need help with my computer or whatever. Mm-hmm. Okay, have something have something to contribute to society, and you know, uh, build build a village around yourself of Lay people down. who can help you. Sorry. Yeah, all good. No, all good lessons. And it's it just uh, it strikes me once in a while how we get talking about and you real the roots of all this is when kids can be when kids are wee little. You know, you can you can teach this stuff as a parent. In little bitty doses, in the in the midst of mm-hmm. doing things, you know, help me unload the groceries. Well, yeah, just life, just natural, just natural living. There's this separation. I want to come back to the bike example. I have one more thing to say about taking breaks, mm-hmm. but living there's this this vast separation of adults and children. And there are, there are times and places for that. Children need to be with other children and they need to play the way that only children can. And adults Mm -hmm. need to do, you know, work or whatever that only adults do. Um, Kids need to play. Kids also need to learn how to play by themselves, like independent play, like all these things and develop their imagination, their creativity without interruption. And a lot of the time, like children are excluded from activities of daily living. Um, and then they grow up into adults who don't know how to keep house. They don't know how to yeah. cook. They don't know how to clean because they've never had Make it as part money. of their, they've never had it as part of their regular daily life. And so they're mm-hmm. like, Oh, well, I go to work and then I go play sports and then I go drink with my friends and that's my day. And then my house is trashed or I don't know how to, you know, I don't know how to maintain a budget or like whatever. Figure it out yourself, because we just yeah. exclude them. And then, and there's 18 potent years uh, where they could be learning these normal daily living tasks. Yeah, and yeah. you know, within reason for their age, but they're they're part of the family. They're part. They're on the team. Like, bring them in. Teach them. The things, it's not like, well, these are adult things and these are kid things. Like your kids are learning how to be adults eventually. You can work up to that. I would say there's only really 12 good years. Because right, because then the puberty, independence of teenager right, they're starting ism. to pull away, you know, and mm-hmm. they don't want to be shown anything. And so the more you can pack in before that kicks in in uh, adolescence the better too. Yeah. I have a friend who, um, friends and, uh, I used to, I actually met them by being their nanny. Um, and then the relationship turned into friendship and I just absolutely adore them. And I've always admired their parenting. And one of the things that comes to mind for me right now is the way that they have encouraged their older kiddo um, 
to pursue what she loves Mm -hmm. and also taught her life skills along the way as she's grown up. She's 10 now. Um, so she started, she used to love cooking shows. I think when she was like three or four watching cooking shows for little kids, huh? So they would let her watch cooking shows and she would eventually, once she got older, like five, six, seven, she started pull, like she would pull the ingredients out and get ready and like either cook along or she'd watch the show and then she'd go cook it herself. And by the time that I met this little girl, she was seven. So she's 10 now. Yeah. So she was seven. And, um, this little girl, she like, I came over one day and she's like, I want to make a blueberry coulis on a cheese, you know, a graham cracker (laughs) crust cheesecake. And I was like, do you know how to make coulis? And I was like, started Googling and she, and she like put my, she's like, no, I know, I know how to do this. And she like put my phone out. She's like, I was like, I was her assistant in the kitchen by the time she was seven. I think I would have understood the word graham cracker in that at, at four, you know, very cool. So she, so she just took off. So, so that the cooking thing, but then eventually the cooking thing now the last year or two turned into this recipe that she made for scones and she makes savory scones and, you know, blueberry scones and, um, she'll make like a cheddar sausage. She makes these good, she makes gluten-free scones that don't taste gluten-free. Like they're so good. And she goes, she wanted to start a business. She wanted to be an entrepreneur. And so her mom set her up with the things and a, and like an Instagram account and like posts, you know, her going out and, and selling her scones like on Saturday mornings at different stores. And, um, there's a store here in Denver that lets her like set up outside out front, um, on Saturday mornings and she sells her scones and they are gone with like by 10 AM. Like they are gone. You get some traffic and people will make a point of swinging by. Like I have (laughs) to put in orders. Like I have to like put in orders (laughs) and be like, I would like 16 scones of these things. And then she'll make them for me and I'll like go get them because Uh, I can't. But yeah. So anyway, she's teaching her entrepreneur, you know, there's uh, so many kids are like, I want to start a lemonade stand or I want to do this. or I want to do that. And parents kind of send them out and pat them on the head and go, okay. But this mom was like, like, okay, if we're going to do this, this is what it's going to require. It's going to, you know, there's money to invest and buy and there's, you know, you've got to put out and profit. And so let's do the math. And, you know, they're very, um, they're very, not necessarily, uh, discussing signing mortgages and stuff, but do at 10, do some arithmetic. It's going to cost, you know, $10 to do this and, you know, monopoly money math. And uh, make things happen, yeah. And she makes money, and she has a bank account, and, like, she knows how much is in there, and she, when they want to go shopping, she they discuss what she wants or needs and how much money she's got in the account and how much, so she takes out cash to go shopping with it. Um, Thinking about the future, well, you've got this much now, yeah. and you talked about wanting a new bike. And mm-hmm. do you really want to go get the the can a bag of Halloween candy or whatever it is? Mm-hmm. You know, short term versus long term goals, all kinds of education in there. Yeah. So 
let's see. I just wanted to shout out that example. Um, but back to the bike example, trying hard things, pushing kids out of their comfort zone, but not breaking trust mm-hmm. um, and, for, and forcing them to do things they're not ready for. Um, and the importance of like, yes, get up and try again and taking breaks. So if your kid has gotten become overwhelmed or they've fallen and continue to like get injured, like maybe stop for the day. Okay. Nine Um, scuppers is enough for today. Yeah. And so there's so there's the importance of taking breaks and rest in side of hard work or doing hard things is also a life skill. And so the ability to know like, okay, I've hit a limit. I've pushed, I've also pushed myself. I've tried hard. I've gotten outside my comfort zone. Um, and I'm hitting a limit where my mental and like emotional capacity is breaking down. And from this point forward, I'm only going to injure myself. Um, and in that capacity, it might be riding a bike. It might be 16 learning how to lift weights and you're going to fucking rip one of your, you know, your rotator cuff or, um, in your partnership or marriage, like, okay, this argument, like we're trying really hard right now and it's time to take a break because neither of us is thinking straight anymore. Nobody thinks straight upset. If you're upset for any reason, it's time to chill out before you take another run at it. If you can't think of another thing to do different, that's time for a break. So there's a life skill in learning when to push, when to get out of your comfort zone and when it's time to like rest, recoup and try again later. Yep. Listen to your body. Listen to your, you know, there's yeah. Good times. There's bad times to do new things. And those are, those are the moments when we build that competence, the, the resilience and the competence and the resilience for future life tasks. Um, but the other key there is that your child then builds confidence in themselves. Yeah. So competence and resilience are like these outward skills, confidence to be capable of those things is what also gets instilled once they do achieve whatever the goal is or do the thing they didn't think they could do. It's a good exercise for parents too, because you also learn how to coach and mentor and um, how to push, encourage a child without adding your own, you know, you may be you may be encouraging them in something that you're not good at. I'm I'm getting a I'm getting a mm. thought of basketball dads, right? <clears throat> making making wanting your kid to be a success at something that you were or were not younger. Taking yeah. your what who was it was talking about the things the things in our basements as parents end up in the front yards of our children. I that still was love that. Whatever's in the whatever's in the parents' basement is in the child's front yard. Yeah, yeah, and that's you know you want to make sure you're not that the child has an interest and and therefore you can expect that they will want to do the math to start a scone business 
you know, as opposed to, no, I just wanted to bake some scones this morning and see what that was like. I don't really have any, you know, and that, not that, and to gauge the interest and, and, and regulate yourself and be, be, and successfully encourage genuine interests and discern, you know, genuine versus passing interests and, uh, or Mm -hmm. long-term versus passing. And there's just, it's good for us too to work on these skills with the kids and learn, you know, it's good for the, good for the kids. It's good for the parents too. That, don't think of yourself as knowing everything as a parent, I guess. That was a, sub, a topic in one of our early podcasts of don't get caught in the trap of thinking, you know, everything and know, and your way is always the best way just because you're dealing with a child. I catch mm-hmm. myself thinking of adults sometimes that are, um, um, being challenging and some, and, you know, I mean, adults will, ex, will, will exhibit childish behaviors sometimes. Oh, yeah. Right. And we're all so just big I, kids emotionally running same, around. Yeah. It's the same kind of stuff. You know, you don't, you can't be, you can't be condescending and stuff to people, uh, especially if they're old enough to catch it. <laughs> yeah. Right. That just makes things worse. That's a lack. That's a lack of, uh, of good skills on on your part but it's you know being a kid is not a matter and sometimes it's encouraged you know be childlike sometimes it's good to learn remember how to play and and uh, have fun and recognize what's childish and what's more mature good for parents too yeah the last thing i just want to reiterate and then i actually have a question for you um uh-huh. is is that we're, we can push our kids out of their comfort zones to try new things, um, let them try hard things that they're ready for, maybe you're not ready for. Ooh, yeah. Right? Let them feel hard things so we don't need to fix our kids' emotions. We just need to be, we just need to, like, the overall vibe here is have your kids back. I got you. And just like sure you would want it. and they make sure they know you. it yeah. and don't break their trust and don't like, don't lie to them. Don't shove them down the water slide when they're screaming and scared. Like how be would you want to be vulnerable. treated in that yeah. moment? If you were the one screaming and terrified, how would yeah. you want someone to treat you? Yeah. So have your kids back. And that doesn't mean not letting them experience difficult things. Yeah. Like you've got to let them have their experiences and then you are there for them through those experiences. Yeah. 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 My question for you, um, this is more fun this way when there's no prep because then I can just ask you things off the cuff. Uh, I know that's your favorite. (laughs) While we were talking, did any story or memory come to mind of a time when you were pushing uh, one of us or all of us or whatever outside of our comfort zone. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. I always looked at that as my job. You know, I don't know how successful I was at it. The first one that came to mind was uh, we took a trip to Disney World, Land, World, World. Florida. Yeah. And there was a ride, it's race cars kind of unleashed race cars. It was like real. I think you were on a It was track. like go-karts, but like 
more dangerous. <laughs> they were kind of, they were kind of, they were faster and bigger. You know, yeah. you could hit, get a couple people in them. And I always used to tell you kids, you know, and we did this, you know, we all got on roller coasters and stuff. You were actually challenging me. I'm not, I was not a roller coaster fan, right? So we did I it was, back and I forth. wanted to do all the roller coasters and you, right. mom was like an absolutely not the roller coasters person. <laughs> so it was no. like you had to, or you, I remember you telling me that you didn't want to look like a wuss in front of your daughter. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, you know, roller coasters, tilt a whirls, the thing that goes upside down. You know, I've never been a thrill seeker, you know, uh, but by God, here we are at Disney World and the kids want to go on roller coasters. And mm-hmm. so, okay, let's go do this. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> And my my saying for you guys was always, they hardly ever kill anybody doing this, oh you, know? <laughs> you know. Our whole childhood, anytime we were scared of anything, it was, you know, these muffins hardly are hardly anybody, ever poisoned or, oh, you know, people hardly ever die on this. It's fine. Which was my way of coping and and a little bit of little bit of fun and a little bit of you know uh, it was my my way of encouraging you and yeah. uh, and getting a little perspective and a little humor and so anyway Nathan Nathan going on these uh, uh, your youngest brother going on this ride uh, myself going on the, and and you guys you know, being fearless, haven't been on rides or whatever, you know, going on the roller coasters and some of the goofy rides. We did it back and forth. You know, I like to think you learned it from me. <laughs> hey, come on, I'll keep you company while we go do this. I do remember the, the rock and roller coaster. <laughs> That's the, the one that you start at the bottom and it, like, and it just took off up. Yeah. 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 It was like, it was the one that was like zero to 60 in... It was the fat at the time. It was the fastest, the yeah. fastest one, the rock and roller coaster. It was the newest one. It was the seat. fastest one. Yeah. And I remember you and I, like the whole week or however many days we were there, we were, you know, we were doing all the different kingdoms or we whatever. Day, we got to spend a day in each kingdom. So, and yeah. so we were, we were like in the, I, it was the, I think it was the last day one of the last days that we were doing, you know, Universal or Epcot, I don't remember, wherever the rock and roller coaster is, was one of the last days. And we were like building up to it because we know it was like the big dog roller coaster. And I remember getting to that day and you and I were in line. We were so excited. And then like the closer that we got to the front of the line, the more nervous we got. But you were like, you were like talking me through it and like probably talking yourself far. through it at the same <laughs> time. <laughs> talking out loud. And then we did it. We got on there and we, ah, and it takes you through the dark upside down. So you can't see what's coming either was the other part that was like terrifying is that it's like in complete blackness. I remember that on Space Mountain. Space Mountain, Space Mountain was in a big room was all dark and not not being comfortable with not being able to see a hundred yards in advance. But that know? was part of the rock and roller coaster is that is that you I think we shot outside for like a loop and then the rest of it was inside and you couldn't see what's coming. Okay. So you didn't I know when you were gonna beginning. go upside down or anything. 
yeah. or turn yeah. or whatever. Like it was a completely like, like if all your senses were gone, you just had to like feel the ride. Oh God. I'd have thrown up if I had closed my eyes. <laughs> so we did it once we got off and I remember the discussion of doing it a second time. Yeah. Because the first time, you're just getting used to it. The second time, you enjoy it. <laughs> That's right. I want to savor this experience. Right. Yeah. And I was like, I remember saying that I don't want to do it again. Hmm. I was like, nope, I did it. Goal achieved. I'm done. <sighs> yeah. <laughs> and you were like, afterwards, you were you were had anxiety like leading up to it. But once it yeah. was done, you were like exhilarated or something. And you were like, let's do it again. Scientifically <laughs> <I have laughs> like, proven that I can do this and not die. Yeah. I was, oh, but now I'm like, Oh, okay. Well, that's a pretty fun. Yeah. That cured me that, that trip where I never really sought out the roller coasters and the, the topsy turvy stuff at like yeah. little carnivals you'd go to. That trip cured me. It's like I didn't okay, know let's that. Go find a roller coaster. I yeah. thought you were just a roller coaster guy. No, I didn't know that. No, no, I was not wild. I was I was a I was a little roller coaster with my very small children guy. Yeah. I'd never I'd never done any I'd done the roller coaster your mom and I did uh the screaming eagle at Six Flags. Mm-hmm. At some God, that thing. Right, and if that, that thing like is still alive at Ugh. the time. Is it still around? Boy, it's got to be. I, I said, I don't know. Now. I don't know. The Screaming Eagle was a rickety old thing because that was like forty years ago. Well, that was the newest, fastest. You know, it. I remember it would drag you up, and then it went. I'm I'm pretty sure it went about straight down, and you were doing like eighty at the bottom. I forget all the numbers. Barely but, buckled in. Yeah, and we were there like the day it opened, or the day, second or third day it opened. We were there. It was brand new. Hmm. And, you know, that was great and an accomplishment, but I don't remember particularly enjoying that. I just didn't, I just didn't seek out thrill rides. And then we went yeah. to Disney World and it was like, hey, you're, you're the dad. Yeah. Right? You're here and and your kid, if your kids want to do anything, you do it and have fun, overcome your own crap, which fortunately I was able to do at least in that instance. Right. And, uh. It was an excellent experience all the way. You got to see me. Sounds like we that. pushed you out of your comfort yeah, zone. <laughs> you, you know, exactly, exactly. You know, you get yeah. to you got to you got to ideally you you got to walk the walk the walk once in a while. Wow. And so you guys, we we pushed most each of the other time, out. ideally, because yeah. your yeah. kids are going to do what you do. Once in a while, you die from it, but mostly they don't kill people. <laughs> Hardly, ever. Hardly, Hardly ever. Hardly ever. <laughs> I forgot about that. I used to enjoy saying that to your kid. Roll your eyes at me. God, dad. that was one of your like dadisms. Like they like yeah. there's like dad jokes and stuff. That was yeah. one of your yeah. That one will live in infamy. Yeah. Good memories. People people hardly ever die from this. That's right. I think you would say that when we would come out here to Colorado and hike. And, yeah, uh, bears hardly ever get you. Yeah, they hard, no, yeah fine. That, that happens. Sharks, yeah. you know, sharks hardly ever attack people. Yeah, feels it feels pretty accurate to how I deal with my anxiety. I'm like afraid I have anxiety, and then I'm like, but 
is it going to kill you? Probably not. That's the that's the exercise. <laughs> you might throw up. You know how bad it's like uh, cognitive behavioral therapy. It's like uh, part uh, uh, feared fantasies. You know how bad is it really mm-hmm. going to be? Or if you're depressed and you just don't want to get out of bed, it's like, well, how bad is it going to be? Just you know, the dog needs to go outside. Go do it. Cat litter needs change. Just go do it. Right. Doesn't always work, but it's one tool in the toolbox to yeah think about. You know, it's teach you not to teach you not to avoid hard things. All right. Is there anything on this topic that you've thought of along the way that we have not touched on? Boy, I think we could do another episode on this. I need to prepare more. Oh, well, I no, feel bad. we got to keep... have a research paper uh, written on each of these topics before. How we dare do it. you? You know, God, you're so unprepared. Amateur research paper. No, the goal the goal is to keep these to one hour, and we're right on the mark. So wow, okay. So we're I guess we're I'll doing shut good. up then. You're telling no. me to shut up. <laughs> shut up, Dad. Yes. It's going on long enough. Stop talking. <laughs> no, so our that's why I was checking in to see if there's anything, any other thoughts floating around, any tangent we hadn't taken yet. There was, there was one. There was about. Uh, capable of doing hard things, but it's escaped me now. So we'll pick it up in another. Yeah. Another thing. It was just, uh, just random thoughts that came up allusions to our history i think while we were talking about other things nope i think Mm. we i think we i think we covered most of the bases well i will add a very quick one actually because this one kept popping up for me um was karate i remember being a yellow belt and wanting to quit oh yeah Um, which, by the way, if you guys want to hear an extra mini episode where we talk about martial arts and all the benefits and all the things that it taught us, it's an extra like 25 minute episode. Um, it's available inside the Patreon membership. Um, we have three tiers of donor, three donor levels. Um, so if you want to make a monthly contribution to the show to keep us going keep us out here trying to help parents um you can go to the patreon link in the show notes and do that also if you are a parent or a parent to be or want to be a parent someday and would like to start learning things now um we are going to launch the membership the relational parent membership um it's gonna be a monthly membership with live uh, let's see, live events with me, um, courses, library of resources, live Q and A's and coffee chats, et cetera. And more of course a community, right? yeah, a community, a direct line to me and more community with other like-minded parents who are on the same journey as you looking for support, trying to, just be the best that they can be for their kids um, and not do it alone. Um, So go check those out. Uh, There is a wait list for the membership. That link is also in the notes. So um, those two things, but karate is my memory. uh, One of my biggest memories of being pushed outside my comfort zone. Yeah. I don't know why that wasn't first. Yeah. 
I, when I was a yellow belt, I remember sitting, I remember crying, saying I, and we were like supposed to leave to go to karate class and I didn't want to go. And yellow belt is when you start learning how to spar. Yeah. So I remember being so afraid and um, scared and of sparring. And I was like, okay, I don't like karate anymore. I don't want to do this anymore. And, you know, we'd been in it for like six months or whatever. And you ended up so fierce. Well, success story. (laughs) I remember, I remember it so vividly because I was so pissed. I was so pissed that you guys made me stay in Mm -hmm. and I was pissed for like, I don't know, a week. (laughs) And, and then I, and then I, and then we start, cause we started sparring. Um, and, and then I had, you know, I, I, I had some success that made me feel confident all of a sudden Mm -hmm. that I could in fact spar and I could Mm -hmm. in fact be successful and that it's really not that bad to get hit. And all of a sudden it was like, Oh, I can do this. And so, but you guys sat me down in one of the kitchen chairs. I was crying. I was like, I don't want to go. And you and mom, I remember were like tag teaming the conversation Mm -hmm. of how important it was that I not quit. It was such a pivotal conversation because it was one of the times there was always like you and I always had our one-on-one conversations and mom and I had our one-on-one conversations. There was not a lot when we were growing up, there were not a lot of you guys having conversations together with us. We did not. And, and, but this was one of the times where I was having, I was having really intense emotions and I really didn't want to do something. And both of you were, were like on the same page and talking to me. And, you know, it was the, the, the options presented were, you know, it was, why don't you want to go? You know, you guys kind of finally got me to like say the, the, you know, I don't want to spar or I'm afraid of sparring or whatever. Good. And you were like, oh, we started sparring last week. We know we're going to go spar tonight. You know, we're learning how to do that, blah, blah, blah. And I remember the whole, like, we committed to this. It's important that you stick with something even when it gets hard. Mm-hmm. And I remember mom saying something to that effect and, you know, whatnot. You guys were on the same page with that. Like, we've made a commitment. It's important that you keep your commitment. You know, sometimes something looks like fun and And then you hit a point where it gets harder to do Mm -hmm. it. And that doesn't mean it's time to quit it. That means you keep going and that Mm -hmm. you, you know, you're, you're safe. No one's ever going to hurt, like truly hurt you. And like, I know anybody doing it. Right. I know that it's scary, (laughs) but you like, you're going to be okay. And then the final option I remember, I do remember that there was like a, it wasn't like you don't have a choice. You're going to karate tonight. It wasn't like that. I do remember there being this like this heavy, heavy encouragement of like, 
these are our values as a family. This is an important learning moment for you to push through something really mm-hmm. difficult. Mm-hmm. And if you are absolutely sure that you never want to do karate again, then you can make yeah. that choice. That sounds familiar. And when too, it became yeah. the possibility of me completely losing karate, never. That's when I was like, forward. I was like, I like wiped my tears and I was like, let's go. Yeah. <laughs> I was just yeah. like, we were like, get in the car because we're late. <laughs> that sounds familiar. Um, yeah. Now we're all doing push ups. <laughs> But that's like, no, that's, I think it's that's... so vivid because it's, that was such a, that is how we should be talking our children through things all of yeah. the time. Yeah, and not every moment is that intense that. and requires that intense of a conversation. But in those big moments, it needs to be talked through logically and ask questions and problem solve and give options. And I wasn't and thinking about the future. You know, where that's yeah. right. Kids are kids and, and I don't want to say childish human. I mean, we, we get upset or whatever. We're not thinking straight. We don't take the long-term view when yeah. we should sometimes. We just try and to escape so, yeah, the hard we, in the moment. We were able to walk walk you through all that and, and found the right words, you know. That's like, good, that's like that's like a vivid deal. that's a vivid like I I have that story that memory play in my head like now that I'm talking about it out loud I'm like oh this is a, this is like a conversation that plays in my head on a regular basis wow. like it's not just a random memory formative. that popped up right now it yeah. was yeah this was a formative moment so parents tuck it in your pocket of like I was bawling I was not I mean I was like 10 wow. 9 10 and I was, Something I like didn't that. want to go to karate and there was no telling me otherwise until you guys sat me down and you were like, okay, what's going on? Why don't you want to go? Started. What are, like, are you afraid of something? Blah, blah. And you were asking questions to figure out, like, get to the root of things. And then we all figured out that I was scared of sparring and then we could address the problem and you guys could present options and, you know, yes things get hard sometimes and that's not a reason to quit. And we made a commitment and yes, we can break commitments, but only if you're really, 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 really sure you're going to break it because you're going to lose that thing. (laughs) Think it it through would have been the skill. Yeah. I'd be be trying to teach you. It's like, yeah, okay. Don't just do something. I mean, emotions have a place, but don't make a snap decision. That's long term. you know, think, think things through, take a, take a second and engage your, brain, not just your hind brain, and uh, you know, let's learn to think things through when we're upset a little bit. But you yeah. guys, you let me have my emotions, and then, and then I calmed down, and then we found the root cause, and then we problem solved it all together. And you did; you gave me the thinking skills and the rational. You didn't just cut me off, tell me how it is, or give me an ultimatum. Either you go tonight, you could get in that car and you go to karate, or you're never going to karate again. Which you like, can do with a ten year old. You know, yeah. You can do that with a five year old. You can and, do that with a three year old. Yeah. The tantrum you know, might last a little longer, but then once everybody's calm, talk them through it. Yeah. It's amazing. Then we're not just bundles of emotions. We've also got uh, rational sides, and so you know, let's let's start exercising that. 
So, yeah. So if you guys want to hear more on our karate thing, like I said, um, head over to Patreon. I hope everyone survived the full moon, full moon <laughs> eclipse slash Mercury retrograde, which I think we're still in the retrograde. In Scorpio. So, full moon eclipse in Scorpio. Yep. Either let me know what the <laughs> hell happened to you last week or let me know what you're on the other yeah. side of now that we're on the other side of it. If anything has come to fruition, yeah. um, we'll email us your data. stories. I have a, I do have an email from a parent that I want to chat about on our next episode. Um, so we'll do that one next time. But if you've got your stories, um, parenting stories, stories, what you're struggling with or a story of a time that you implemented a new, tried something new as a parent and succeeded yeah. at it, yeah. tried something new and failed horribly. <laughs> like people <laughs> want to know they're not alone in this um, or just funny parenting stories, silly stories, what you're working on, whatever. Yeah. Email me. It's in the show notes, Jenny at Jenny um, And yeah, if you're looking for community, you can sign up for the membership waitlist. You don't have to put a credit card in or anything. It's just a waitlist. It's just your name and your email, um, and then you'll receive notification when the when the membership opens up. So, um, and if you have questions, send us all your questions. We would love to answer them in an episode. And let's see, I think that was it. Yeah. So we will next week's episode. Next week's guest is Brandy. Um, she's a, a mom. Let's see. Brandy. I'm, I think she's an RN. She's either an RN or an NP. Um, and she is coming on to talk about, uh, medical, um, medical momming and her journey through different ailments, um, with herself, with her own kids as a nurse, uh, the things that she witnessed and how to help advocate for your children in medical settings, um, how to navigate medical settings, et cetera, and find the right providers and all of those things. So, um, that will be next week's episode and yeah, we will see you all then. All right. Bye-bye. Be well. Bye. Well, did you learn anything new or have you heard all of this before? Do you agree with us? Disagree with us? Have a question? We want to see you in our inbox or via the Patreon page in the show notes. Tap on either link to send us your feedback, share your own parenting story, or support our mission of providing a connected community for all parents. And don't forget to hit subscribe so you never miss an episode. If you loved this episode, click on that little star and give us five of them so we can get visible to other parents who are looking for us. This is your weekly reminder. Parents, you already have everything you need inside of you. You are a strong, loving, capable parent. And here, you are never alone. I'll see you next week.